yeah, there might be a lot of health and wellness coaches out there. There's a much smaller number serving only you know, this age bracket or serving only this you know, specific niche. And then the, then the numbers get a lot smaller. And then, okay, how can you stand out in that smaller niche, not in the bigger world of health and wellness coaches? You know, but how can you become the 1% in your niche, in your little, in the smaller corner of your market? And branding mm-hmm. is a huge piece that can help do that. Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Well, hello there, and welcome to another amazing episode of the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast. I have another incredible guest with me here today, and I'm so excited for the conversation that we are about to have and everything you are about to learn from the guest, Elizabeth Averianova. So Elizabeth, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. She is an expert in all things branding and Kajabi and everything she's going to share with us here today. So I'm so excited to have you here, Elizabeth. Yes, thank you, Nicole. I'm excited to talk today and dive into branding topics and and chat about that. Yes. Well, because I know that's what's everybody's, you know, what's what's on everybody's mind is how do I brand myself so that I get the high-end clients? How do I brand myself so that I get in front of more people who can benefit from what I do? How do what is branding, right? We'll answer some of those questions as well, because I think a lot of times people think branding is one thing and it's really a completely other thing. And you and I had a great conversation right before we started recording, and I think that'll be really valuable for everybody to hear. So I'm excited. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you, Elizabeth, because I know this wasn't like a straight line for you to get to where you are. So why don't you tell us who are you? What? Why do you do what you do? And, and how did you get here? Yeah, so I am uh, Elizabeth. I'm uh, a designer and a web designer and architectural designer and brand strategist. And I am originally from Indiana, but I moved to Europe 10 years ago now and have been living here ever since in Riga, Latvia, small little beautiful city in the northern part of Europe. And I have been here 10 years and I also started my online business 10 years ago. And we, meaning my husband and I, both started our business 10 years ago as designers. And in the first years of our business, we focused on architecture, which was our background. But then a couple of years ago, I evolved into web design and branding design and sort of developed this whole side of the business. So now we still do both, but um, it's been a long journey in the online space, running an online business. And it was a journey, like partly during our years past 10 years, um, part of it was like we were digital nomads. We were able to work from anywhere in the world and, you know, loved that. And then we, you know, got more settled in one place and then, um, you know, got a physical office and which was like super awesome having that sort of your own space to work. You know, then we went through phases where it was just work from home and, and then we went through like pandemic, <laughs> totally different experience. And then and it's evolved. So it's been like so, you know, so so valuable and so like fun this journey of running an online business. Just out of curiosity, I know. I love that. I, I have a question though, because you were a digital nomad. 
Now you have a physical office. You've kind of worked in a lot of different places, a lot of different spaces. Just out of curiosity, what's your favorite? Mm, okay. Is it having an office? Is it being on the go? Like what, what would be your preference now that you've done it all? So my preference is definitely not working from home anymore. For me, I, I can do it. I can work from anywhere. I can be super productive anywhere. Like that's a skill I've developed as a result of all this. But mm. I love having a, I love having our own office. And it just it is a space for me to get away from the home and all the home tasks, mom tasks, cleaning, cleaning tasks, and just yep. really focus. And it's, I don't take it for granted that we can have this space. That's where I'm talking right now. But, you know, I don't take it for granted, but I do love it. If I had my total ideal dream scenario, it would have an office in in the center of Rome, Italy, which is my favorite city. Oh, so we're not wow. there yet. <laughs> Getting there. It's on its way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, if I had an office that looked like yours, um, I would be pretty happy in there, too. It looks gorgeous. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You guys can't see, but it's designed really, really, really. um, It just looks so clean and and a really nice space to be creative in. Yeah, yeah. It's and I I think your your space is like um, for me, like I have I have to have a minimalist, like white, clean, organized space because that's also how I approach my design and branding. And when we work with clients, like I want to have a clear space to dive into the branding. So Great. we can, right. yeah. I love that. Yeah, because the physical space is really important. And, and you know, I think there's a lot of people listening that are probably um, digital nomads or maybe they want to be digital nomads. And I think it's amazing. I've done it now for a while. I'm at a place now where I'm kind of craving that physical space to kind of set my stuff down and just, you know, oh, be awesome. able to, um, be, yeah, be in a place that really feels good to work in, but also be able to walk away from it. You know, I think sometimes mm. when we're digital nomads, when we can work from anywhere, we do. And then <laughs> oh, it's like yeah, our yeah, work yeah. is everywhere. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, it's nice yeah, to I be able that. to like <laughs> close the door, if you will, and, and be done with it and walk away from it for the day. Mm, yeah, totally. Most people wait until they hear an objection to decide what they're going to say or to try to figure out what to say back to it. And the worst time to think about what you're going to say is the moment that you are saying it. So I want to help you with this. I want to help you be prepared so that you know how to handle common objections. You know what to say when somebody says, that's too expensive. You know what to say when somebody says, I don't know if I have the time. You'll know how to handle all of these different parts of your conversations because you'll know exactly what to say. Because that's the workshop. I am an exactly what to say certified guide, and I want to teach you the magic words and phrases that will help you navigate these conversations so that you are getting more of the outcomes that you want more often, which means you're getting more sales and you're helping more people, and that's the whole point. We start August 24th. This is a four-week workshop. You will be learning and also practicing how to use these phrases. So by the end of the four weeks, you will feel more confident in your sales conversations and you will be making more sales and helping more people. So go to the link in the show notes to get signed up and I'll see you on August 24th. So tell us, I know that, you know, we're going to talk about branding and I think this is a big thing for everybody is do I need a brand? What is a brand? Is it just me, you know, creating a logo? Like tell us a little bit from your perspective and and the, the experience that you have. What is branding? Let's just start there. Yeah, I think branding can be defined so many ways, but branding, if you're talking about an online entrepreneur or you're, you know, you, you as a solopreneur, branding is really a reflection of who you are, but how you show and how you show up on online or offline if you work with offline clients, but you know, how you show up and it's every touch point that a potential client has with you that includes your 
visual identity. So your it does include your logo, your colors, typography. It also includes your, you know, your photography and or videos, uh, you know, how you show up in those. And it also includes your language, like how you show up, how you speak, you know, how you market yourself and how you do sales. So branding encompasses all these different pieces. It's not just the visual side of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And would you say that that's a lot of people's misconception is that it's just a visual aesthetic, like a like mm-hmm. a nice to have, not a need mm-hmm. to have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's thinking, you know, that the branding is just a visual aesthetic, but and and that's the super, you know, that's a super important part of it. But the branding really extends across this whole, like this whole experience. It, you know, if you think about some people like to think about like the five senses, um, your different senses, and how you experience a brand. And if you're if you're online, maybe okay, you don't have some of those senses like smell. But if you think about brands that you like in your real life, you know they they've probably given deep thought on all these areas of branding. Right. Well, and I think for for me as a sales coach, what comes through for me when I think about branding and just hearing what you're saying is the the know, like, and trust factor is really critical in sales, right? People are going to know you, like you, and trust you before they want to buy from you. Mm-hmm. And so much of what branding is, is that consistent representation right? That helps people earn trust in who you are as a company, who you are as a person, because they start to trust that you show up consistently everywhere, not mm-hmm. just visually, but like, like you said, how you talk, how you speak, how you sell, all of that is aligned and mm-hmm. connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So that's, that is part of your branding is, is how you, how you show up in that way and then how you show up consistently over time with those pieces. Yeah, exactly. You know, because you want to create yeah. a totally coherent, consistent, professional, elevated experience across any place where a client might interact with you. So let me ask this question because I know that a lot of people that are listening are working with high-end one-on-one clients or want to work with more high-end one-on-one clients. And I know that this is a really big piece of how branding can support attracting those high-end clients. So tell us a little bit about like how does personal branding really allow you to secure those higher paying clients? Personal branding will help you immediately stand out from your competition or your friendly competition, you know, it will help you stand out from other people in your industry and in your market who might be offering similar things. Because the personal branding, it helps put you as a differentiator, you know, and part of that is personal branding. So it's an extension of you. So it, you know, and at the end of the day, you are going to be the differentiator in your business between somebody else's business, you, your personality, how you speak, how you interact, and people who are going to be your ideal clients will resonate with that. And they'll really like, you know, how you, how you, you know, how you run your business, but also also just who you are as a person. And so personal branding allows you to capture that and really help. It can support your business and help you attract those ideal dream clients who want to work with you, who like you. They, they've gone to know you and they like you and they trust you and they're, they want to be part of what you're offering. Right. And it's really important too to be really who you are and not because I think you want to attract people who like you for who you are. I mean, this would be no different. This, we're talking about business, but this would be no different than like a friend circle or a romantic connection. Like you want to be who you are so that you're attracting the people because they like you for who you are, not because of some song and dance that you're putting on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all about 
the word authentic, creating the authentic branding that is aligned with who you are and tracks those ideal clients because it, you, you want to make sure there's a connection there as well between between who you right. are and between who you're attracting. Well, and I think it's, you know, to be to be fair, if we don't want to just attract clients, we want to attract clients that we enjoy working with. It's, mm-hmm. it's only fair that we as the business owner also enjoy the people we're working with. Otherwise, what's the point? And I think to do that, a lot of times they're going to have the same values and, and same beliefs and, and be very similar to us, which is why they'll be attracted to us to begin with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, every every touch point that a possible client could have with you, you know, is it the best it could possibly be? But is it the best reflection of you and like that energy and that, that visual side that you want to put out there? And, you know, it, you definitely don't want to be attracting the wrong people because, you know, we life is too short. You want to work with people you love. You want to enjoy your work every day. So that's the, the, the magic of branding helps make that possible. Okay. So how can branding help somebody stand out? Like, you know, this is something I hear very often from my clients and you probably do too, Elizabeth. It's so saturated. There's so many, like I work with coaches and I know predominantly you do as well. There's so many coaches out there and everybody's already doing it. So, okay, fine. On one level, Great. There's a lot of coaches out there, but it's your job to stand out. So how can branding help somebody stand out in this quote unquote saturated market that we're in? So there's the branding side of it, but there's probably also the mindset side of it that I don't want to ignore, which is like, yeah, it feels like saturated out there because I could say the same thing about designers. And but, you know, that's probably because you are following them on Instagram. You're looking at their stuff. So the first thing you should do is unfollow them or mute them. Just as a reverence, yeah. I I mute or don't follow almost all designers. Like I yeah. make a point not to follow them, even though I like. Can I, we just, can I we just pause and say that again, please? <laughs> like you are a designer and you pause or mute all designers. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't need to look at their things every day. I don't want to follow what they're doing. I don't need to follow what they're doing. I just want to focus on my, my own clients and my own business. And it's very easily to fall in the trap of distraction, of comparison, of not feeling worthy enough, not feeling good enough and feeling like there's too many designers out there. But, so yes, <laughs> that's why thank, I do Thank it. you, by the way, because I, I, well, I wanted everybody to hear that because that's one of the first things I say to people, like when they come to me and they're like, there's so many health coaches out there. I'm like, listen, if you go talk to like, I don't know, Donald Trump, for example, He's not looking at his Instagram feed, seeing a bunch of health coaches. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think that there's too many health coaches out there. Why do health coaches think that there's so many out there? Because they're following so many. And it tend- I'm not saying that there aren't a lot out there, but you're following so many, you feel like, oh, what's the point? Everybody's already doing it. And it, to your point, it really puts you into that comparison trap. And then you're just feeling really crummy. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you saying that because I think that that's one of the things that people need to remember. You're following a lot of health coaches. Why? You, it, you know, that's why you think so many are out there. But ultimately you're different than everybody else too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the next step, I guess I could say is, is that I, I'll just using myself as an example. I know that there's not that many other designers who are really specializing in just Kajabi. Like mm-hmm. I can do a lot of things. I could design a lot of different types of things and we have a lot of different skills on our team, but I believe it's important to niche down and focus on that. So I know there's not that many other specifically Kajabi designers. So you need to find your niche and, you know, work with Nicole on that of finding where's your really your area of expertise. Cause yeah, there might be a lot of health and wellness coaches out there, but if there are 
well, if they're only certain, there's a much smaller number serving only you know, this age bracket or serving only this, you know, specific niche. And then the, then the numbers get a lot smaller. And then, okay, how can you stand out in that smaller niche, not in the bigger world of health and wellness coaches, you know, but how can you become the 1% in your niche, in your little, in the smaller corner of your market? And branding mm-hmm. is a huge piece that can help do that. So that's going to be instantly a differentiator because most people are not taking branding and taking their visual look that seriously. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it. Watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. So I heard you say the word niche quite a few times and Mm -hmm. your suggestion is that people really need to become the expert in their niche, right? They need Mm -hmm. to become known for how they help people in that way. Yeah, yeah. So for example, one of our clients is a health coach and she specifically works, you know, in a certain geographic region, Virginia, and specifically helps a certain kind of client, which is, it includes men and women. And so that, that's okay, that can be done, but it includes men and women who are in the medical industry most commonly. So they're like doctors, they're nurses, but they don't have a good grasp on their own health and fitness. So that's her specific niche. And she's really able to charge high ticket prices. Uh, because it's very clear what she does. And we work with her on the visual branding of that, which is how can she stand out and be, you know, show up consistently and professionally. And, you know, from the logo till all the way through through different parts of her website and different parts of her onboarding process with one-on-one clients. So, yeah, just an example of niching down and how can you really stand out in that little corner. Because although she's a health coach, she's specifically working with doctors and people in the medical profession Mm -hmm, to help mm -hmm. them with their health and wellness, which is super niche down. And then she becomes known for she's the health coach that helps doctors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great summary. That's exactly exactly right. Yeah, which I think a lot of people and, and maybe this is one of the things that you can share with us, but I think a lot of people are unwilling to niche down, which is actually working against them because they just you know, they, so many new entrepreneurs, they're like, I just want to help everybody. And listen, I will raise my hand, Elizabeth. I did the same thing. I was like, I just want to help everybody. When I first started out, I was saying the same thing that I hear a lot of people beginning um, their business saying. And when you're trying to help everybody, you're really helping nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? exactly. Nobody's yeah. really listening. If you're not talking to anybody specifically, nobody's listening. But when you're talking to somebody specific, they'll start listening and going, wait, I, what she just said mattered to me. What she just said meant something to me because you're talking specifically to that group of people, that, you know, yeah. that person that has that problem. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to take that leap of committing to that, that, that decision to niche down or to focus only on one mm-hmm. specific client. It is, 
absolutely hard, but it's going to be a game changer to, to do that. When it goes back into the thing you mentioned earlier, which is mindset, so much of people's resistance of niching down has to do with their belief that they won't find enough people to work with in that smaller group. Like, I can't niche down. Who could possibly want to work with me? Who could possibly need me? I want to say that I can work with anybody so that I can. Mm-hmm. But again, that's where you're really helping nobody when you're trying to talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So why don't you share with us, because I know you and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording as well. A lot of the audience is relatively new in their business. Some of them are just starting out. Some of them have been, you know, playing around in, in the business space for a while now and maybe haven't actually taken the step to do an official branding. What are some of the mistakes that you see people making in those early stages of business with their branding or, or mm-hmm. lack of? Yeah, yeah. Usually it's, it's very, you know, you're at the very early stage. You probably tried to DIY it or you haven't really thought about it yet, right? And so the most common mistake is, and we'll just talk about the visual side of it in this case, because that's at that stage, that's what you're trying to do. And you don't really understand like all the other pieces of branding. And that's, that's okay. Like, you know, you're, it's a process to learn and grow. But if you're just talking about the visual side of it, most common mistake is seeing uh, one, you think you like some colors, you, you try out making graphics with those colors. And then a month later, you change it and it's something else. And there's another set of like some other colors. And then a month later, you change again. So you're changing your branding or you're changing your color palette. We'll just get more simple. You're changing colors way too often and you're, there's no consistency. Mm-hmm. That's one of the common ones we see. Um, mm-hmm. And the same thing goes with fonts. And uh, it's very easy. So a lot of people use Canva, right? Canva mm-hmm. is a great design tool for non-design people. And it's a nice mm-hmm. free tool and it's also a very reasonable paid tool. Canva is also like a rabbit hole and it's very addicting to go down and look at all the different templates in Canva. So the second most mistake. I can't, I can't go on it for that reason. <laughs> no, right? For me, it's yeah. super distracting to have all those like recommended templates. Yeah. It's very distracting for me. I, I don't use Canva on a regular basis. We use professional design software. But so I, I don't like looking at Canva that often. But mm-hmm. in Canva, if you're, you know, it's, it's a great tool for non-designers, but it's very easy to go down this rabbit hole looking at all these suggested templates. But then the mistake I see is you're using templates from this source or from that source or this source. And there's absolutely, mm-hmm. again, there's absolutely no consistency. There's no personal identity of, of, of a signature branding that's unique to you. It's just a lot of mix, mix and match. And, Mm-hmm. And I see it all the time. Like I look at a lot of Instagram accounts and I, you know, kind of evaluate a lot of coaching accounts. And that, like, it's, it's, I see it way too often, this mix of template mm-hmm. sources. Yeah. So switching colors a lot, switching fonts, basically making yourself pretty unrecognizable when you're constantly switching. Like people don't know what to look for. Mm-hmm. And that's a benefit of having a brand aesthetic that's consistent is they know as soon as they sometimes just when they see the color, like think of Tiffany blue, right? People know that color as soon as they see it because it's associated so often with that. I mean, that's what their brand is. Or like the other day I was, you know, there was a plane flying above and I knew right away I couldn't even, it was pretty high up, but I was like, oh, that's a Southwest plane. Mm-hmm. And my friend was like, how can you tell? And I was like, well, look at the colors. 
I knew right away. I didn't, even, you know, I didn't need to see Southwest. So I think that re- that brand recognition is so important. And so what I'm hearing you say is swapping colors, swapping fonts. It's like people don't know what to look for. There's no cohesive connection to anything going on in your business and mm-hmm. your brand. Yeah, yeah. So those are so commonly like you see one good post and you think it looks good and you post it. Then you see another one and you post it. But when a cl- potential client is looking at you, they're they're looking at your Instagram profile a split second they're making a judgment and if it's like a mix of things they can they don't want they don't know what you offer they can't tell what mm-hmm. you do that clearly and they it doesn't look appealing and they they'll just like turn off like turn off and go to another place on instagram and they're not going to go right. deeper and look at your content unless they have a really good reason right so that's the the right. downside of, of not, why not to do that got it any other big mistakes that you see people making i can we talk about um, in Instagram, if, if that's the main place where you're trying to find clients, that link in bio thing, which you probably have heard, which is like a lot of people use the link tree to have multiple links in your one link in bio for Instagram. So link tree, biggest mistake is it's, it's too generic looking. It's confusing for people to have too many choices and it's not branded. Typically, it's not branded um, from what I see. They click on that link. It's a link tree. That link tree should be designed like when they go there, it should look like all their other branding and and whatever their posts are on Instagram. It should match. So at a minimum, yeah, it should at least be branded. That's number one. But number two, better would be to get rid of your link tree and just put one link that you're actively promoting. If you're if you're trying to focus on securing clients, that all, your only link should people can disagree with your only link should be that next action that people need to take to possibly work with you. It could be a freebie offer, or it could just be a sales page. You know, I book a discovery call with you. Typically one link would be better. And then even better than a link tree would be something that's on your own personal website. That's a bit more advanced. By the time you have a website, Mm -hmm. it's having your own, um, your own link tree on your own website. So you can direct people to your platform and not a third party platform. Yeah, that's what we did a couple of years ago. We just made a, um, I don't want to get too technical, but an invisible tab that serves as mm-hmm. a, where we can just represent. Yeah, and and then it's my website. Um, and I hear you on the, you know, Linktree having multiple tabs. I think from a sales perspective, and I, I say this a lot, a confused buyer can't buy. And mm-hmm. so if we've given them too many options, they're not going to choose anything, right? When when somebody has too many options, they just don't know how to make a choice. And so I hear you loud and clear, like with the the link in bio, what are you directing them to right now? What are you promoting right now? That's the only link that they should be able to access. Yeah. If you are trying to secure clients, I mean, for an example, in my own link in bio, for a long time, I only had an application to work with us on our VIP design days. And it was in my link in bio for over a probably too long, but for over a year. And I also rarely promoted it, but it was just sitting there. And um, we mm-hmm. we booked out all of our VIP days last year just because I had this sitting there in my LinkedIn bio. It's not that right. easy. I also had consistent branding and, you know, had a, you know. Good things directing people other to things. it. A couple right. things directing. Right. You, have to, but, you have to call to it, right? <laughs> you can't just sit there and you expect people to go find it. It's like you're, you're still going to talk about it and say, hey, go check out my LinkedIn bio. But that was the only option for them when they did go there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I said, a confused buyer can't buy. Like, let's just streamline it. I mean, just like, you know, anybody would say with a call to action, you just want to have one. 
right? If you're telling people to do three different things, they're like, ah, which one do I do? No, I want you to do one thing. I want you to go fill out my application or sign up for my program or whatever it is. And that one link should be in there by itself. Yeah. 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 So we've talked a lot about Instagram and I know that's a big place where a lot of the listeners that are, that are listening today show up in their business. You have a free gift for them that could really help them with their Instagram. You want to tell us what it is and how they can get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I have, yeah, free gift is if you want to audit your own brand, and that's a big word, but if you want to audit your own presence online or specifically on Instagram, I have a free a six step guide to DIY, DIY a brand audit. And it can take you through the exact process I use with people on high, high ticket coaching calls for this. And so it takes you through this process to, to evaluate, you know, your branding, to evaluate your competition, and then really make a game plan of how you can improve and how you can do better. So that's it. Um, if you want this, you can, um, the easiest way is send me on Instagram a message that says brand audit, just brand audit, and I will uh, send it over. Okay, cool. And if you want to, um, I don't know if you have the link available, but we can certainly put it in the show notes as well so that people yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, I'll look for that. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. And then that brings up another question. Where can they connect with you on Instagram? On Instagram, it's under my name, Elizabeth Avirianova. Elizabeth. We'll put it in the show notes as well. We'll yeah. put it in the show notes so people can just click there and, and find you. Um, but it's spelled, I mean, your name is spelled very simply. Like it's Elizabeth and then Avarianova might sound a little confusing, but to me, it's exactly the way it sounds when you, when you look yeah. at the spelling. So, yeah. yeah. So go find Elizabeth on Instagram, Elizabeth Avarianova. Send her a DM and say brand audit or just check the show notes right here and we will have the link to the brand audit there as well. This would be a tremendous opportunity for you to just take a look and, and do your own brand audit and see where you stand with things. Are you being consistent or are you flip-flopping all over the place with colors and fonts? And, you know, do people have a cohesive look that they can expect when they go to your profile? So go get that brand audit from Elizabeth. That's an amazing gift. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And connect with her on Instagram. And thank you so much for being here, Elizabeth. This was a really nice conversation. And I know a lot of people got value out of understanding a little bit more about what a brand is, why they need one in order to really secure those high paying clients and how they can move closer to having a more cohesive look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks everybody for listening. If you really enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rate, review, send it to somebody who can benefit from it um, because Elizabeth shared a lot of value and there's a lot of people out here who could really benefit from this. So share the wealth and thank you all for being here and uh, I'll see you next time. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, HealthyStepsWithNicole.com. I would love to hear from you, and I can't wait.